think it's probably the thing that um, made me the most resilient person I could be just like standing up in the face of parents that would be like, why is this girl pitching the stuff I had to go through? Like they, I'd strike out the boys and I had long braids and they'd be like, we can't see the ball. You need to put the braids under your hair. Hi, Coach Mike Ritchie here from D3 Multisport. On today's podcast, we're chatting with D3 athlete Karen Rice, who just finished Ironman Hawaii World Championships in Kona. Karen has been a lifelong athlete, and she has a story of being resilient and relentless. She's played two Division I sports while at Harvard, and then found her way to triathlon later on. Oh yeah, on her birthday this year, she went out and ran 100 miles. What an amazing woman. Hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get to our conversation with Karen. Hi, Coach Mike Ritchie here from D3 Multisport with longtime D3 athlete Karen Rice, who recently just came across the finish line at Kona this week. Congratulations on that. Um, Karen has nine Ironmans to her credit, and uh, she qualified at Coeur d'Alene this year. And I'm sure that was a quick turnaround to think about doing another Ironman only a few months later. What do you have to say, Karen? Yeah, I mean, it was um, I, it was the end of June, and I think – you're so excited you got into Kona and then it's kind of like, Oh, I get, I get to do this again. <laughs> but at no point was I bummed about that. So right, uh, right. yeah, it was, it was great news all around. That's awesome. So it meant I had the that. whole summer to think about it though, which was like, you know, it was something, I mean, it's exciting, but something on your mind that's that far out, um, just consumes a lot of your thinking because you're so excited about it. Um, so as I got closer to, to Kona. I remember telling people at work, I'm really having trouble concentrating. I'm doing my best, but I'm so excited. Um, and that's usually I can compartmentalize pretty well, but this, this was just such a, such a big thing that, um, you know, it was, it was good. It was just, it's such an amazing experience. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> so take me back a little bit. I know you're a yep. high level athlete. You played college softball and, mm -hmm. um, what other sports did you play growing up? Yeah, I mean, I started liking sports like is like when I was three. Like I was always someone that liked the a ball more than a doll. Uh, <laughs> my parents quickly <laughs> learned that. Um, so back in the day, you know, they called us tomboys. I I, I hear that term's going out of favor now because so many girls are doing sports. No, it's not different for a girl to do sports. I mean, there was, um, I was the only girl on pretty much every team I was on. Um, which, you know, I never really thought anything of it, but looking back on it, it was a very big deal. Um, and certainly uh, was very formative in terms of character building. I think it's probably the thing that um, made me the most resilient person I could be, just like standing up in the face of parents that would be like, why is this girl pitching? The stuff I had to go through, like they, I'd strike out the boys and I had long braids and they'd be like, we can't see the ball. You need to put the braids under your hair or we'd be on a road trip and I'd have to change in like the janitor closet. Cause all the, the boys were in the, the locker room. I mean, it was, it was just like, why, why is this, you know, and I didn't really think anything of it at the time, but um, it's definitely, I think I wrote about it in my college essay. I mean, it's really what um, it's kind of made me a person that's determined to do anything and 
if you tell me I can't do something, that makes me want to do it even more. So <laughs> it's carried over into work as well with some of the challenges I take on. So sports has always been a um, super big part of my life, something I've enjoyed. You know, I was I played all team sports growing up, soccer, basketball, uh, softball. I Basketball was my favorite, but I was better at softball and soccer. So I played Division I um, softball in college, and that was really fun. We made it to the NCAA Division I tournament back when there was only 32 teams in the tournament. Um, and we went to what would now be the Super Regional. So um, we played at the time. We, we lost to Oklahoma, and uh, the coach is still the same now. And, of course, they're this powerhouse in softball. And then I also played a year um, of, of Division I soccer. I was a goalie, so key there is I was not an endurance person. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Even though I had to pass all the running tests. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was like the third-string goalie, so they just beat up on me to save the, the, the best goalie for the in game. In practice, you were the beat-up. That, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. So I had my purpose. And did you play um, soccer with boys, too, or was there girls' soccer? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was no girls on anything when I went through. And I mean, this is post Title IX, but I grew up in a small yeah. town. Um, yeah. So it was, it's very different today. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, uh, I have a niece that's playing right now, and she plays on a team with all boys because it's a small town and it's, she's the only girl out there. She's one of the better defenders, and the parents mm -hmm. do complain still. And you're just like, give this girl, you know, some, some kudos for being out there, right? Like, yeah. really, she's holding her up. It was, Interesting. We had uh, the coach of my soccer team. Um, he was the coach of Williams College. So I grew up in Williamstown, Mass. And um, he took the Williams team to England to play. And he decided to take, uh, we were sixth graders at the time, the sixth grade team too. And the English people heard that I was coming. And they were literally like, we are not going to play you guys if you let a, a girl play on your team. And he was like, no, we're, you, we're, we're taking care of it. Like you deal with it. And I mean, I was out there and all the girls that came up to me after the game, it was like, I like just couldn't believe that I was able to play. And it's just been so fun to watch over the years, the evolution of soccer in England and to think like they, the women's team filled Wembley stadium. I mean, it's just, and I, when I was uh, in college, we traveled to Europe too. And we, at the time, um, you know, we're Division One, so we were good. We were top ten at a t at a point, but we played the national teams of every um, all the UK places. Um, so we, you know, we played the national teams and we beat them. But but you know, that was college, so that was '99. And then, um, you know, now if we play them, we'd get crushed. So it's just like my whole uh, life, I've seen the evolution of women kind of going through sports and it's been really amazing to see. So, um, do, and you, kind of, um yeah. do you feel like as a sixth grader, were you hurt? Were you hearing this that they weren't going to oh, play? Yeah. You? Yeah. What, how did that make you feel? I mean, I, that's mean, I was brutal. like, this is, this is so, I was like, this is so stupid. I love to play. Like I just didn't understand like why yeah. it was such a big deal. Like at no point did it seem weird to me. And all the guys were like, I was a good goalie. They're like, Karen needs to come like we're not going without her so you know the guys kind of were like she's just a player on the team they didn't you know my my teammates never treated me as this is odd it was always the parents of the of the players right 
Right, so, right. Especially yeah. if you played over a boy, right? Like that, those, those oh, families that, probably, probably didn't like that. that. That is true. Yes. And yeah. when I made their but, sons look bad, that was also, that was Well, that doesn't matter what gender, <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what gender that is. If you're not the starting catcher, then, you know, why is my kid not, you know, it's, it's amazing and to this day, right? I mean, you just yeah. see this all the time. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So when did you, um, gosh, you're a big skier. Yeah. You do a lot yeah. of different things, mountain bike. Yeah. Um, yeah. When, when did you get started in triathlon? I, I mean, I think this kind of goes along the same path, really. It's like to have sports be such an important part of my life and then college it's it's done like you're you're at the you're 21 and your athletic career is kind of over and it's like well now what you know you still love sports and you've really um everything you've known i mean you can play in rec leagues but that's not division one softball you know you're right. used to you, you're used to so much more so i mean i just started to do other things it was like i had to find new ways to integrate athletics and an active lifestyle um, into my life, which was, you know, something I absolutely wanted to do. And I was lost without, you know, some sort of um, physical activity. So that's when I just started dabbling in um, some of the individual sports, but not very seriously um, until I'd say <clears throat> even through medical school, like I was I was really, you know, busy with school, so there wasn't a lot of time to do stuff. But it was um, towards the tail end of residency when I got into um, triathlon. So that was 2012. And even then it was, um, you know, I did a couple triathlons. I was able to, to buy a bike because <laughs> it was so funny. I could never have afforded a tri-bike in, in a resident, but... Um, the guy at the local bike store, I was in Maine at the time. He's like, he's like, here, take the bike. Just pay me when you can. I mean, this is amazing. Like this guy did this. And I'm like, are you sure? He's like, I know where you work. Like <laughs> you'll pay me back. So, I mean, thanks really. I mean, it was huge that, that he let me, um, get this bike that I'd never would have been able to afford. Um, just cause he was a, you know, a nice guy. And yeah. um, then, you know, as soon as I got the tri bike, it was like, this is, this is really cool. <laughs> like, so yeah. then I, I really got into biking after that. I never, I, as much as I bike now, it's hard to believe that was not a part of my life at all until I, I got that bike. Um, so th that was kind of how tri triathlon started. And then um, I, and you I, did pay him back, right? Of course. <laughs> 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 I also came back, uh, uh, several years later with the same bike. And I told him, um, here's, here's your bike. And it's been, I had been to South Africa for 70.3 worlds at the time. I'm like, it's even been to South Africa. Like, look what, look what you let me do. Um, so he was really pleased about that. He's retired That's now. That's so awesome. But, That's so um, awesome. Yeah. So, what a great so story. Then, yeah. So I, and then just to finish the triathlon, I, um, you know, I love skiing and that's why I wanted to move out to Colorado. So I kind of knew as soon as I was done with training and I was, my last year was in New York city, couldn't wait to get out. Um, I, I moved out to Colorado and I, I started skiing and now I need something to do in the summer. And of course it's like crazy Colorado or, you know, triathlon endurance sports. So that's when it really took off when I moved to Colorado in 2014. So awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so, um, I know you've done some ultra races too, right? Some ultra yep. running races, right? When's the last yep. when was your last one? Um, I did one back in September. I mean, okay. I, I was actually looking back at the calendar. I, 
I've only in the last two years, I've only had a couple of months where I haven't had a marathon distance or longer run in there. I even I did a hundred mile run for my birthday in February of last, wow. of this year. Yeah. So um, that's an interesting experience in itself. But it's yeah. apples and oranges with comparing to triathlon. I think that's totally. a totally. common question. It's like you can't really compare them. They're very different. Right. Totally different things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people, yeah. people ask me all the time about, uh, you know, I haven't run a marathon yet. I'm about to do an Ironman. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's a completely different sport. Like in a marathon, you're going for a specific time and a pace and all this other stuff. In an Ironman, a lot of it's like aid station to aid station. How do I feel right now? How do I feel in five minutes? Yeah. Oh, it feels pretty bad. Mm -hmm. What do I need to do to feel better? Right. I mean, it's just a definitely yep. a you know smaller uh, you think of it in smaller segments versus i'm yep, running 26 miles x pace yep. right on so tell me a little bit about um like uh who you're working with coach wise mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then tell me you know like what your lead up was like in going into kona yeah so i've been working with jim hallberg since 2019 yep. um and i was with another coach for a couple of years prior to that um and on the the, what we, when we had an elite team, that was uh, yes. something I was on and a lot of fun to have training partners. Right. Something to get me out of bed to go swimming, which was like the worst. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> on a Friday, no less. I'm drained by Friday. <laughs> um, anyway, I think, you know, I think for me, what's been important, my my work life is pretty demanding. I'd say on average, I work 50 to 55 hours a week. Um a lot of it, I try to make it predictable and spread it out over the course of the week, but there's a lot of weeks where I just have a super long day or something mm -hmm. came up that I wasn't expecting. And now it's dark by the time I get home and I can't ride my bike, like was on the training peaks. You know? So I think um, it's been important. You know, Jim has been a good fit for me because he, he's not a, necessarily a high volume coach. He's like high quality, which mm -hmm. I don't think a high volume you know, some athlete, I could be probably better if I was more volume. I don't know for sure, but yeah. I mean, if you had 15 less hours a week of work, maybe that would make a difference, right? right? Actually, that would be the thing. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> mean more out. is better though. So right. just to be clear. That, that's absolutely true. And I think so. I think that's really what the coaching experience helped with, like, cause it, it really helped me focus on the important things. So you know, I think by and large, my, my weekly average of training is around 10 hours. Yep. There's a lot of 10 to 12 hour weeks in a triathlon build, uh, like an Ironman build. It's, it's probably closer to 14, but like, I mean, by and large, it's like, it's a sustainable thing for me. And it, it's always, you know, it's, it's not so much, I don't think, especially with my background of kind of being told I can't do things like I always want to do something bigger and more and prove something to myself or others um, or myself. But it's so what what I need to learn is or what's important is you can do this sport sustainably and still have other parts of your life. I mean, you, you know, maybe in a build for an Ironman, you're spending a lot of weekends training. But for the most part, you know, it's just part of my daily activity. And I think when you have a coach, you learn that you don't have to, um, you don't have to invest crazy hours. You, you train smarter. Um, it, it just, it just makes everything more efficient. You don't have to think about your training. Um, I mean, these days I've, I've done this enough that I think I could probably put together a decent schedule for myself. But the reality is like, I don't want, like, that's more thinking that I'd have to do. And 
um, it, it really helps. So, um, and fi so finding a coach that was willing to work with, um, my schedule, you know, and it's like, okay, we've got a few key workouts this week, like just get them in on, on whatever days. And, uh, I think the other big thing, uh, with Jim has been, he's been accepting of my, uh, kind of attitude towards sports. Um, I'm, I'm someone that just likes to do new things more than maybe get really good at one thing. Um, I want to be good at everything, but, you know, I think for me, like part of the build up to Kona, um, it didn't, it was not stressful in any way. It, it was not, um, it was fun, uh, because there was, I did a lot of gravel rides. So instead of having these five, six hour kind of monotonous, boring bike rides that I have on roads I ride every day, practically. Um, now I'm going to Nebraska to do these gravel rides in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, it's still a lot of time and more time because you travel, but like, it doesn't feel like training. <laughs> um, right. and so, you know, he's willing to work with me around that. Um, you know, sometimes maybe it wouldn't be ideal to do like certain things back to back days or back to back weekends. Um, but maybe that two to 5% I could gain by resting or something, or just focusing exclusively on triathlon. Um, it's, it's not worth it to me to, to lose the fun of all the other things I like to do. Um, or, you know, like I want to go skiing for the weekend. Like, it, so, so things like that, Jim has been really helpful with, he, you know, he's kind of just accepted that this is the type of athlete I am, that I want to make sure the training remains fun. And, and that's going to mean that I don't necessarily follow these really strict triathlon training plans. And, um, I, I think a lot, you know, when I went into coaching, get, you know, to get a coach, it was, I was, I was, the thing that made me the most nervous is like, okay, now is this going to take over my life? Is this going to like take over all the things I love about sports? And it didn't, but it, it did take the first coach I had it. That was um, more of the issue. And that, I think that was why the coach wasn't as good a fit for me. But when I moved with Jim, you know, he really accepted you know, just the kind of athlete that I am, um, and, and worked that into my training. So it didn't, it never felt like I was sacrificing anything. It was just, um, just doing things I love to do. Right. And you're, you know, you're, you're just listening to you. You're a high achiever, right? You went to an Ivy league school, you played division <laughs> one sports, like you're, you're a doctor, you get all these things going on. And I think it would be safe to say, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it'd be safe to say if you were left to your own devices, you'd probably do too much because you enjoy so many things that right. you would do a six hour bike ride and then go ski for eight hours the next day. And the next day you'd go run 20 miles. And then by Tuesday, you'd be like, I'm so tired. Right. Or right. at least I'd feel like that's what I had to do to be good. Right. Right. Just and to, I, to and fill I, that void of that adrenaline right. and just feel it, you know, yeah, all the, it's easy all the to get things. stuck in the trap of like when you're studying for the test, like you could study forever at some point, yeah. <laughs> you just got to yeah. take the test, you know? And I think it's just, you know, I'm never at a point where I'm judging myself if I miss a workout or maybe, you know, I don't, I don't miss many, but, but it's, it's just like, it's not that big a deal. It's like, it's, it's not just, that big of a deal. It, so, people, I mean, it's so hard to get that across to a high achiever mm -hmm. that um, sometimes you can just be instead of do. And yep. when you be, you're doing more than when you're doing right. You just yep. come to be.
that yep. was uh, that was a hard lesson for me, you know, as I got older, because I'm, you know, I might be a little <laughs> bit type A. I'm not sure. Um, we we type A people. We can evolve. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. So give me um, give me a little bit about the lead up to the race. Like, what were the harder workouts? What were the longest workout you did? What was the workout you did that you said? man, I'm ready to do this, right? I mean, you had just done an Ironman, but I mean, Cone is yeah. special, right? And it's going to take a yeah. little more with the, the hills and the wind and the heat. And you got you feel like you probably need to drive that fitness a little higher, right? Like just feel like yeah. I need, I need yeah. to be the best you, you just want to have, you want to have the best day you're capable of having. I mean, I didn't have any time goals going into Kona. I really mm -hmm. wanted to make sure, um, I enjoyed it. And plus it was easy not to have time goals because the elements are so much a factor here. There's really no, like, you know, if the, everything could be so much slower based on, you know, waves or wind or temperature. So mm -hmm. it was easy to be like, yeah, I'm just going to do the best I can on that day. And I mean, I think in general, the only times I get upset about a race is if I feel like I, I, I didn't have the race I was capable of having. Um, you know, if if I have the race I'm capable of having, like when I qualified for Coeur d'Alene, I didn't know if I qualified right after the race. But what I did know is like I did the absolute best I could do. And that's all I can do. And like that's all you let, can do. Let's hope yeah. that's enough. So, you know, I, I think in that way, I'm never having to be motivated by external goals. It's always about just doing what I'm capable of doing. So that was kind of the focus going into Kona. I just wanted to have the best race I could have. Um, so training, I had a couple of epic gravel rides. I did a, a 150 miler, which was the longest I've ever ridden any bike. Yeah. How um, many hours was that? Jeez. Oh, it had to be like hours. 11, 12 hours or something. Yeah, always, right? yeah. And it had rained the night before. So, um, mucky it, mud and all that it was oh man it the worst part it was a very rolly course which normally would you know i don't mind rolly courses yeah. but you got no speed going downhill because you're just like quicksand the, the wheels weigh 400 pounds with all the yeah, muck on them yeah. yeah and it's it's like riding through like kitty litter that's like clumping <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean i remember doing that and i'm like this is this is like such good training for kona this is so hard um I mean, I was just absolutely exhausted, but it was, I was having a great time. I was, um, I paired up with another woman who happened to be pregnant and doing the race, which really wow. I admired. So, I mean, it was super hard, but it, at no point was it not fun. It was, um, it was great exercise. And so those were the big, and I had a couple of those gravel races, um, and a couple ultras, uh, really hard ultra that I did at Pike's peak. Um, you know, all those were hard, but in no way did they feel like hard training workouts. And, um, you know, that was the kind of thing that I needed from Jim is like, he just worked that into my training plan. Um, so yeah, they, they were, they were hard, but they were fun and they were still like achievements in their own right. Um, I think, you know, for me, so, so none of the kind of the athletic, part of the build to Kona was to me um unpleasant <laughs> maybe do you, do you think that's because you had this giant um uh enormous you know 
I'm not going to say a lifetime goal to get to Kona, but since, you know, you, you've done a few Ironmans, I mean, you know, what's out there at the end, if you have a great day, did you feel like this great, you know, this race was out there for you? And you're just like, I'm, I'm going to get to enjoy this. I mean, this is going to be awesome. And this isn't really work. It's fun, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. And I think as soon as, as soon as it starts to not be fun, like that's like the biggest red flag. And I mean, I just kind of want to emphasize that that was a concern of mine when I got into triathlons and I got a coach and to be able to find a coach that has been able to work with me in a way that's kept all this fun and sustainable. Like that's been the most important part. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I think, you know, just the coach athlete relationship, um, it definitely has a lot to do with communication and understanding each other and knowing when to push someone's buttons, you know, and say, <laughs> okay, you're great at climbing hills, but you never go hard on the flats. Like it's time to do some of that or vice versa. Right. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I think a good coach can pull that out of somebody and, um, you know, get you to race your best. And, you know, if you're, if you're having fun, like, I, I hope all my athletes think like you do that they're excited for a race and it doesn't feel like work and it's fun. Um, I'm sure many of them will tell you they want to throw their bike, you know, across the lawn when they finish the last long ride, but I think that's pretty normal. Um, <laughs> um, well, if you're yeah. not having fun, it's not sustainable. No, and like, I, I agree. sustainability I agree. is the key to endurance sports. Yep. So if, if you can't find that sustainability, that's when you're going to have have challenges right well tell me about the race tell me like what the yeah. best part of it was the hardest part like you know uh did you have any moments of like why am i doing this or you know i promised myself at no point would i let that thought come into my mind it's that's, like that's strong that's some, that's some strong <laughs> mental strength right there um i mean i got to kona the saturday so the race was on saturday so the week a week before um yep. i really I mean, so much of the race and kind of t like t telling you about it is not just race day. It's just the whole experience of the week. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to have the whole experience. It was like triathlon yeah. heaven for a week and you're around people like, I think normally I like to be <laughs> on my own a little bit more quiet. Yeah, but like I wanted, yeah, I wanted to be like in, in the action and um. I, just I mean, really... you can feel the energy, right? Like oh. a Leahy drive every morning you oh, walk man. on you feel the, it's... and you see the fit bodies and people in <laughs> the spouses of the people racing are all fit running around with the strollers. I... And you're just like, yeah. Oh my God, these people yeah. have already had nine cups of coffee and it's 7am. <laughs> and this guy just finished a 10 mile run. I mean, you're just like, wow. That's right. So, I mean, you can't be intimidated by that kind of thing and you have right. to just do your own thing, but that right. certainly was everywhere. And, uh, just, just, fun to be part of that. And I mean, I think the fact that this was a all women's race, it, you know, I have nothing to compare it to, but for, you know, world championship, but um, it, it was just different. It was like, it, I think the focus, you know, you knew just the women were racing and it, I don't know. I think it just gave it a little bit different flavor. Um, but and it was like, I thought it was just a pretty supportive environment. Like everyone was really happy to be there and didn't feel competitive. Um, just like we're all here having a great time. So yeah, I just, it was great to be able to do those um, kind of easier taper workouts. Um, mm -hmm. It was to do them on a Lee drive or the Queen right. K or in, you know, swimming. 
I actually enjoyed swimming for the first time, <laughs> like swimming. Well, I, I always tell people, like, <laughs> when you get in at Digby Beach and you do a swim, it's like swimming in an aquarium. I mean, there's so many yeah. fish and you're just like, yes. this is wild. Yes. It's, you know, so it's it was, so cool. It, it, so it was fun to just be able to do workouts there and, and be around the people. And they had a, um, a full distance swim, um, Oh, right. Sunday before the race. And I, I mean, that to me was, was so helpful. You got to swim the course. I, I think, you know, one of the hardest or most stressful parts of triathlon is just when you're starting and to know exactly what to expect. Like I was not at all stressed when I started the swim. Um, so that really, that really helped. Um, and then just kind of the events, like the banquet, they have the, underpants yeah. run i mean just like fun things like that yeah um, did you ever so, did you, during during the race so you're out there and you're you know you're, mm -hmm. you're biking up and down you know in in town you bike out and back and then you go up Polani and you know obviously all that do you feel like it was more males out there cheering for you or do you feel like it was still a mix because it, it i mean on the video yeah. part, it was all guys it was like all guys watching this race yeah that's I, I mean, I actually wasn't paying attention, but I think now yeah. that you mentioned it, that was, that was, <laughs> that was more the case. Yeah, yep. for sure. Right? Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, um, what was I the mean, hardest I, part? Yeah. I, I, the hardest part was it being over. <laughs> oh. It was so fun, you know, right. Um, yeah. You don't want it to end. I think, you know, there was, there was really, I can think of one moment that, was really hard I and mean, I was in the last wave to start um mm -hmm. so I mean I even the bike like I was I was just trying to be so conservative because I didn't know what the heat was going to do to me on the run and I really felt like the only way this race could go bad for me is if like I was just like toast and had to start walking on the marathon or something or I got GI distress like that was my biggest concern so I'm like I just need to save energy for the marathon um, so the bike was, I had no issues on the bike. Um, the run, it was after you kind of do an out and back in town on a lead drive, and then you go up on the queen K and it's, it's just like this endless road and you just rode your bike on it. And it's like, that took me like five minutes and now you're running for what seems like forever. And it was just so. I mean, it so literally takes you 80 to 90 minutes to get back up there. Yeah. That's and when you start yeah. the run. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I was at the time I was thinking this is like, this is by far the hardest road marathon I've ever done. Um, cause it wasn't just the heat. It was the humidity. I mean, it yeah. was just so humid. Well, the ground is so hot. It just bakes the oh, asphalt. It's yeah. like every step is You're just, just so it, it's just, it's just so hot. Um, and I mean, I knew that coming in, but like, you can't really, you can't practice it. it. You yeah, can't you can't. Right, right. And, and honestly, like, I've always had an appreciation for the pros that do it, but I'm like, how the heck did they run? Like, I mean, granted, they're running earlier in the day, so that probably helped. But, for sure, um, for sure. I I mean, I, I thought, so that, that middle part of the marathon for me on Queen K on the out part, that was when I was like, I felt like mentally, I felt like I was at mile 20 and I was only like at mile 10. And it yeah, just seems, know, <laughs> yeah. That section, like once you crest Polani, you take a left in the Queen K, and then you go past all the crowds. And then for a couple of miles, it's just you. You know, it's an yeah. aid station, 
and then to an eight, that's it. I mean, there's nothing yep. else out there. Right. And you're Except just you looking just... around for somebody to say, come on, Karen, let's go. <laughs> well, you just see, you just see this string of runners as far as you can see. And you're like, Oh, I got to get all the way out there. Yep. But um, yep. then you finally, it's like the energy lab turn off. It's like, it's like, how far away is this? It just felt like forever. Yeah. But um, as I was turning down there and that was probably my favorite part of the whole race. Um, the sun started setting. It got a little breezy. I mean, it just started to get cooler. It was so beautiful. Um, and then you actually got down by the energy lab. And I mean, I was, it was like perfect time with the sunset and it was, it was, I was going faster now cause it was, it's cooler. And, um, they had, there were the people out at the aid stations just had the music jacked. You could hear it like all over. And, um, it was like eighties music. It was great. Uh, perfect perfect for the moment so just kind of i remember running down there by the energy lab with with the music blaring and you're out there you're just with the other athletes and you're doing this thing in hawaii and now you're you've kind of you're more than halfway so you're feeling feeling better and um you know and then from then on it was my like those last few miles of the marathon were much faster for me and in yeah. the dark, which I was, I was well, happy. It's cooler, about. Right. It's cool. Oh, it, it made such a difference. You mean so your quads I, are starting to break down and you know, you're <laughs> like, how many more miles do I have on my legs? Yeah. So, I mean, I felt, I physically, I felt, I felt good. And that, you know, I think that was another thing that I've learned in these Ironmans is especially on the run. There's often a period of time where I feel like, Oh, how am I going to make it? And like, those times pass and the, like I get through it and it's like, I get my second wind and I feel good again. Like that happened at Coeur d'Alene. Uh, so I think, I mean, it may not happen that way every time, but I think I've been through some of those tough times. Um, and, and knowing that, that they'll pass that like, it's easier to push through them. It's like, don't, don't let this get to you. Like you're going to start feeling better. Um, and, and sure enough, I did. So do you, yeah, was, uh, so going back to your ultras, like, can you make a comparison from the late, you know, you know, late in an ultra to the end of the Ironman? Was it the same kind of feeling? And like, you know, what were you, could you draw off that experience late in the Ironman and say this ultra, I went a hundred miles or, you know, that was, this is not only 26, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think in the, in the ultras, especially the, the long, like hundred K hundred mile, I mean, your body truly does start to break down and it's just like you know, you, it's, it's, it's a lot more mental. Um, I'd say, cause you know, like your, your body just can't give much more. And, um, so you just have to push on mentally. Um, you know, I think negative splitting a hundred milers, like impossible, even for the best of them, yeah. but yeah. you know, so I think for, for the marathon, I mean, I was, I was confident. So what, you know, knowing that I've done these even longer runs. I mean, now it sounds like so silly. Not, <laughs> I never thought I'd be saying something like this, but a marathon really doesn't seem like that long a run for me at this point. Um, so, you know, it's like, I've, I've done this distance many times. It's just a matter of, of getting to the finish line. And it doesn't seem far away when you, when you're doing 50 milers, it's like, well, that's like halfway through a race. So I think it's just changed. <laughs> it's made, a marathon more like a 5k for me versus in the past it was a marathon 
an actual marathon and a 5k. So yeah, I mean, it changes um, your perspective for sure. It does. So that changes your mentality. So I think that's what, I mean, that's, that's helped, um, in terms of doing ultras. It's like, you can just kind of mentally say like, this is, this is not that far. I mean, it is, but it's not as yeah. far as some of those ultras. So years ago we had the DECA Ironman. I don't know if you know about that or not, but it's is, was that 10 sports. What's that? Was that 10 sports? It, no, it's, it's, it's 10 Ironmans. You do a 24 mile swim an 1100 <laughs> mile bike, and then a 262 mile run. And it was based in Alabama and I'm not sure they still have it, but it was uh -huh. pretty popular, not pretty popular, but there were Trying some crazy ideas. Was that that might be you. Here? Yeah. You might want to get out there and try that. Well, some of these, like, uh, I guess, what do they call extreme tries or ultra tries? They, the Ultraman, they, right? The Ultraman. Yeah. That yeah. requires a 10 K swim. 10 that would be, yeah. yeah. That's Which a few I could hours. Do, but it's, yeah. Right. I don't know if I could do it. But you'd I love the I bike. I mean, the bike is, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it ends up being 70 and then a 170, I think. And then yeah. the 50, and you run the double marathon the last day from Javi back into Kona. So you'd like that. I, I think I would like that. I mean, I think now it's, you do Kona. I mean, that's definitely the top of, that's like the pinnacle. So it's it like, is, well, what, do you, sure. what do you do now? I mean, I don't. Yeah. Would you want to go back to Kona? Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, I think it's always, um, I mean, that's always been a fun part of sports for me. It's like, okay, now what's, what's the next thing? And there's plenty of other things out there, um, to do in it. You know, I, I, I have no doubt I will continue to do tri triathlon and Ironman, but, you know, so much of what's been fun about this is there was always a challenge. I was always kind of pushing myself more than I thought I was capable of doing. So now I got to find more of those things. Um, right, you know, right. Something beyond that. Yeah. So, and even, I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be a more distance. It's just something different. Something um, different. Right. Yeah. Off-road, off-road yeah. triathlon, off-road Ironman, yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I'll, um, well, there's gravel nationals. You know, you know about that, right? I, I did those actually. I did it. Oh, you, yeah. you did that. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, I came in third, but to be fair, there was only three in my age group. Well, that's okay. It's still a podium <laughs> finish, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. All right, so just to wrap up, um, mm -hmm. let's say uh, you meet somebody who's new to the sport. Um, you know, what advice do you give them to get going in something like this? Yeah, I think um, it's it's really, you know, given all that I've done now, and probably if you're listening to this, thinking all the things that, like, I've done and, how you know, endurance-wise, like, you got to remember, like, I was never an endurance person. I mean, a long run for me was like a run around the bases. Um, I, I hated running. It was just like those t-shirts say, my sport is your sports punishment. Like, I hated it. Um, there was nothing about me that would have ever thought this was going to be something I would do and, and, and do to the love and do at the level I'm doing it. So you know, I tell people that now and, and they really just, you know, cause I see people like me, you know, 12 years ago. Um, and they just can't believe it. I'm like, you believe it. Like I never thought I would do this. Like never. Um, same with Boston marathon. Like I remember hearing about that in college being like, that's impossible to qualify. So, you know, so I say to people starting out, I was in that place where like, this was absolutely not something I ever thought I could do. 
um, or even wanted to. And, and just, you know, it's something that just build up over time. Um, and some people maybe want to get through the process and get to the, the Ironman distance right away and that, you know, go for it. But I, I think in general, you, you got to think of, if you want to do this stuff, you think more in terms of years, in terms of what you want to accomplish. I think you're just kind of putting bricks in the wall and building a foundation for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you really can't, maybe you can do that for a couple of months, but you really need many years of endurance sports to get your body ready. Um, and it, it's just something that takes time. And, you know, at this point of my fitness, um, you know, I think I could pretty much gear up for an Ironman within a, a few week block. Like my, my base fitness is, is high enough where my body can endure, um, those distances and just kind of be out there all day. You know, I I don't, I'm not going fast, but just being out there all day, like my body is very used to that. So I think the other piece of advice is like, don't expect that to come right away. I mean, that's something that's going to come over years of time, but once, but you will get there. And then once you get there, it's just everything. It just seems so much more possible. Um, and, right. and, no, I, and I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. agree more with what you're saying. And a lot of people want to rush it. And that, that's just great advice. People do, you know, they see it and anything is possible. I want to do an Ironman in six weeks and six months. And I'm like, let's do a sprint. Let's do, you know, let's build <laughs> it up. And people have a hard time with that. They don't, they don't understand. Like just, it's like studying, right? Like, you don't. the yeah. professor doesn't give you the textbook on the second week of class and says, okay, we're having the finals today. <laughs> like you've got nine months to prepare. And yep. Ironman is the same thing, right? And, and you, you have great yep. advice because, um, you know, myself and the other coaches, we talk about this all the time. Oh, I got a new athlete. They want to do an Ironman like next week. And you're like, okay, listen, you need to build up into this and your body will give you so much more if you treat it right. Right. And if you abuse yeah. it, you're going to yeah. get injured and then it's no fun and all that yeah. stuff. And I yeah. think that, you know, something else that's important. I mean, I'm, I'm 46 now. I didn't get into this until my mid thirties. Um, you know, and part of why it's fun is I still feel like I can get better, even though I'm getting older. Like, you know, it's just, I think people maybe think, oh, you know, do I have time like to kind of wait for my body to adapt? I mean, I feel like my, I'm in the best shape of my life. Like it's my body very much can handle this, even though I'm getting older. Um, and your best days are ahead of you. I mean, you can still I, get I, stronger and faster and there's no question. I, I feel that way. You know, I yeah. still feel like I can, I can get faster times and that, you know, there'll be a day when, when that changes um, yeah. and maybe I'm delusional right now, but who knows? <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I just, I think it's just, I think also, you know, it, it's something that I like because aging, unlike team sports, like aging really doesn't have to factor into what you can do. And then you're always racing against people your age. So it, it makes it makes the competition doable. Um, right. It's comparable for sure. And, yeah. So that's part of the sustainability piece that, you know, anyone that's going to succeed at this has to make it fun and sustainable. Right. Right. Well, thanks so much for coming on with us. Um, yep. Safe travels home and look forward yep. to seeing you when you get back. Okay. And, uh, yeah. What's on the schedule for next year? I, I don't know yet. Right. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to finding some new adventures. 
Ski yeah. season, I, I think, is a base and open yet? I'm expecting it'll be uh, open. By the after time Thanksgiving, I, I think it'll open up. So okay. in a couple more weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I did see some snow up there though. That's good. That's yeah. good. So it'll be happening. I will I will find some epic adventures. I would like I'm to sure. qualify for Boston again. That was an amazing yeah. experience, especially being a, a mass native. I wanna I wanna do that again for sure. So that that's awesome. one goal I have. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right. I qualified well, this year, but I didn't make the cut. Eleven thousand people. Oh, didn't how much did you miss about? Yeah. Oh, a couple minutes, but, <sighs> but yeah, you. It was like five and five thirty-seven or something. You had to be under your qualifying time. Yep. 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 Yeah. So anyway, well, more no, people wanna, are doing wanna, it, so it's getting harder, right? The numbers are getting I bigger. I actually run the race this this time, not just qualify. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Trust the Process. If you have a question on anything related to triathlon, please send me an email at mike at d3motorsport.com. We'd love to hear from you. Make it a great day.